0: It would be remiss of us not to acknowledge the death of Delano van Although I personally knew very little of Delano, from what I've read and seen, he seems like a very good guy who ultimately died doing what he loved. As the motorsport community mourns his loss, we keep in mind his family and friends and keep them in our prayers. If there is any way you can donate to help out his family, head over to the MP Motorsports Instagram to see how you can help. May he rest in peace. 26 to 20, the final score. Um, hi guys and welcome back to From the Field to the Track. I am with I am Tiana, joined with two lovely special guests today, Katie as always, and Jenna. How are you guys?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I am doing well, Katie. <laughs> I'm a bit tired. <laughs> Why are you tired? Yeah, um, I decided that it would be
2: a good idea to fly and see Tiana this week, and um, unfortunately that meant I had to leave Sydney this morning at four a.m. So um. Yeah, it's, it's been a rough few days, but <laughs> can... I'm here what now. Was there,
1: guys? It looked so fun.
2: It was, it was so fun. good. I didn't know. I was like then, sitting like... on the plane crying, watching footage of us.
0: Oh, my gosh. I was trying to do. No, so like the entire story is Charlotte and I were meant to go on a study date and like study for modern history. And then we left the library because we got told off by this like really old guy. And then as we got to this cafe, like, Charlotte kept looking outside of the window and kept saying, like, oh, my friend's, like, really scaring me because she has my location and she's stalking me. And I was like, what is she doing? Because she just kept, like, walking outside and, like, doing, like, doing these ones and, like, everything. And then... But then she was like, oh, Tiana, can you go check quickly if my friend is outside? And then there was this girl who walked in front of me and I thought that was Charlotte's friend. So I was like, oh, hi. And then it wasn't Charlotte's friend. And then I saw my cousin and sister and I was like, oh, hi. And Then I looked down and I saw Katie and I was like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah. <laughs> I looked down. like She had to look down <laughs> to find down. me. <laughs> Katie's that okay. short. It was um, amazing. But anyways, it was. Let's get into it. Was it. it. Yeah, let let it, let us get into it. It was race week at the Red Bull Ring. How were our general feelings about the race weekend? What did we like? What did we not like? Highlights of the weekend. We'll start with who wants to start? Katie. Katie. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, um yeah, I I don't mind Red Bull Ring. I feel like it's got like a good good little atmosphere going. Um, but it's just really another European race for me, you know, another few early mornings, but of course there's F2 and F3 there, which always, always piques my interest a little bit more, makes me enjoy it. Um, so yeah, I, I'd rate it maybe a six out of 10. Gina yeah, was fair. actually there. So let's cross live yeah. to Gina Tommy.
1: Uh Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, weather was, for the most part, gorgeous. Uh, Spielberg, Austria is just amazing. It's so, 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 so picturesque and pretty, and I think that's why a lot of us enjoy going there, because uh, we're in big cities most of the time, and there's a lot of concrete, so being able to be out in nature, I feel like, definitely helps. Obviously, Red Bull ring, and it's appropriately named, and we kind of knew how the weekend was going to end, but, I mean... It was still an entertaining race towards the mid pack, towards the back of the pack, and F one and I think uh, F two and F three gave us some really good racing too. So, yeah, overall not a bad weekend. Um, Silverstone this weekend I'm looking forward to just because it's everyone's home race and the same way Austria um, has a bit of a reputation to it, so does Silverstone, but for a few different reasons. So, yeah, it was good. It was fine.
2: The place. It was like you said, just another year beautiful. Before.
1: Yeah, it was. It was gorgeous and um I like the countryside I'm not a huge big city girl obviously like living in Madrid is far too concrete for me but it was really really nice to like get away from some of that concrete and the air like being able to actually breathe I looked up um we landed at about midnight in Vienna and then we had like a three-hour drive to our where we were staying which was brutal but I looked outside once and I saw stars and I was like I have not seen stars in a concerningly long time. And so it's just stuff like that that you don't notice like you're not you're not conscious of the fact that you haven't seen stars just because like you're in cities all the time. So that was my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, the weather was nice for the most part. It rained a bit Saturday, but it was hot Friday, so it was nice to cool off. Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminded me of Montreal when it was like almost entertaining. But um race wise Like we said
0: almost entertaining.
1: We- it was. The race was almost entertaining, and then it just wasn't.
0: It had potential. Like, it had
1: almost like a really entertaining race to watch in Montreal, and then I think the same thing kind of happened in Spielberg, where we saw Charles lead a few different laps, and I think it was the first time anyone had led a lap since Miami, other than Max. Yeah. Which is kind it's of nuts. Crazy. But yeah. I Yeah. it's I I hadn't even thought about it like that. If I were Max, I would ask for AirPods. Yeah, <laughs> I would put Christian Horner on AUK. I would make him like put it up to his mic and just play like doses and mimosas. Do I get so bored. I don't know how he does it. I
2: love, it. I love when like they get into like what's the room called? Like where the, no. like, the three seat, seats is it called the, the cool down room? room? Oh yeah,
1: the cool
0: down room.
1: The cool down room.
2: Yeah, I love it. And Max will just, like, start talking about the race. Like, he's just been watching it the entire time, like, just going past the big screens, just watching what's going on. And I just love that. Like, they call like, the Max In podcast, where he just, like, sits down, and he's talking about, like, all the big races. And it's like, you have obviously just, like, yeah. sat the car and, like, been threatened to a man I think like, he was...
1: To, like... he's I think he was watching DeVries and someone battle, and was, like, talking to Christian about how... Oh, well, yeah, it's nice. I get to watch. And I was, like, nearly falling asleep. It had been a long weekend. So. It has. So,
0: Go so here's, okay. here's my F1 sprint feature race overview for the weekend. So it started off great with the F1 sprint race on a Saturday. Um, in the opening stages, obviously, Max was on um, provision, oh, he was on sprint race pole. He lost the lead to Checo, however, quickly regained it back and kept it for the remainder of the race. He ended up winning, of course. Um, both the Red Bulls and Signs made up the podium for the sprint race and stayed on inters for the entire race, whereas a lot of other drivers decided that because the track was drying up, it was good enough for slicks, so they pitted. Um, Lando Norris was a big mover in. During lap one, he um in turn three he got stuck behind the Red Bulls who were battling each other and he lost places to oh he went from third to tenth on the grid in a single corner and it made it difficult for him to make a comeback. Um, Nico Hulkenberg was also running in the podium places for a, for a little bit there. He sadly got overtaken by um, Perez and Signs. He ended up finishing sixth. Um, Russell was the first one to pit for Slicks, followed by Albon, Leclerc and Sonoda. The Astons had a very quiet sprint race. Not much really going on there, but, you know, they scored good points for their team, which is great for their constructors. Um, Max wins with a 20-second lead to Perez, which obviously is always lovely. But the most important and exciting part of the entire race to me, was the end when Ocon beat Russell to the line by 0.009 seconds, which I think is like, it's quite, cra- if you see it like in slow-mo, like Mercedes posted it on the Instagram where it was like slow-mo of them both crossing the line. It was like, it's so crazy. Anyways, the points finishes for the sprint race was Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz, Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso, Nico Hülkenberg, Esteban Ocon, and George Russell. So overall, it was a pretty good sprint race. I... I'm going to be honest, I forgot to wake up to watch it because I set my alarm for 12 p.m., not 12 a.m., um, rookie era. <laughs> um, but in the uh, F1 feature race, on the other hand, incredible. it it was another Max Verstappen masterclass, with him completing yet another clean sweep by topping FP1, the sprint race, and the feature race polls, and get, winning both the spri- sprint and feature race, and getting fastest lap in both. Um, but something that was a huge problem Katie has kind of mentioned it already. Was the endless amounts of track limits that we saw? There was like half the grid got penalties. If you weren't getting a penalty, you're like you are a god because I don't know how you were staying off that. How you were staying off there? But I wanted to ask you, Jenna and Katie, how do you think Formula One can change or kind of stop them from going over track limits at Red Bull Ring because it's kind of something that happens all the time in Red Bull Ring. So what are your thoughts and opinions on how we can change it or how they can change it?
1: Um, I think that it starts by understanding a bit of the track layout and the elevation, because when you're going, Red Bulls Ring is a really, really high speed track. There's only 10 corners and only about five or six of them are usable for passing. So, or they're only five or six are really like proper corners. So um, when you're going into like those big downhill like sweeping corners and especially when you get a good sector one and a good sector two under your belt the drivers just i think get a little bit ahead of themselves and like it's just really difficult to not do it so um i'm not sure what they could put in place but i think it's just an advantageous track and a lot of it also um goes with tailwind if there's a wind pushing you down to turn four um it's just gonna affect your braking like they're braking about I don't know if you guys understand, like, how steep Red Bull Ring is, but uh, when we do track tours, it is, it's nuts. Like, oh you don't really see it on TV, but um, that first corner, they're breaking about 50 meters in, like, because it's so steep. So that's not normal at all. And then, like, you go right down to a big sweeping left hand. So I think it's just an incredibly technical track, and I think that also the FIA were just cracking down on an important a bit more this year, which I was a bit entertaining, honestly. Like we saw Alcon have about 35 seconds of penalties and freeze yeah. and et cetera. But I mean, <clears throat> I'm not sure what they could do. Potentially a sausage curb or two, but then that raises safety issues, et cetera. So maybe just, Max didn't have an issue with it. Max didn't have an issue. Just saying. Anyway. Um, I
2: personally think they should make the the road
0: wider. Yeah. <laughs> Back Logan Sargent suggested that they, the FIA should add grass strips along the final turn to help them stop going off. So, yep, yeah, that's that's all I got. From there's a there.
2: reason why Logan Sargent isn't designing
1: the yeah.
2: track?
1: So How would that even happen? Because if you hit the grass, I think you're already gone, going off.
2: Yeah. So yeah, to, I think it's like to deter them. But also, did you guys absolutely them? Help? Williams posted a picture of Logan, like, and said, like, happy 4th of July. The comments on that post were so funny. Like, (laughs) everyone's like, WTF is a kilometre.
0: It was so bad. I felt so bad for laughing. Like, (laughs)
2: America.
0: The biggest trust me moment I have ever seen in my entire life is Matt Verstappen telling Red Bull, even though they have said, don't pit, don't worry, just cool your tyres, you'll be fine. He said, no, 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 we'll pit. We'll change, we'll change tires. He comes out with a five seconds, five seconds to Checo. He not only sets the fast slap, he wins, and he beats Checo by five seconds. I don't think I've ever seen someone just like that confident in themselves and the team, which I think is really which I think is a really test a really big testament, obviously, to Red Bull and everything that they've accomplished and how obviously at the top of the game they are right now. Um, Carlos Sainz, like a lot of other drivers, received a post-race penalty that would promote Lando to P4 and drop him down to P6. Notably also, um, Logan Sargent, Nick DeVries, and Yuki Tsunoda also got five second penalties after the race. Lewis Hamilton, Alex Albon, and Pierre Gasly got 10 seconds, and Esteban Ocon got 30 seconds. I feel so bad for the poor guy. But, once again... I don't. He's French. He's (laughs) French. Um... (laughs) Alpha and Williams both failed to score points this race, which I think Alpha's on a streak of like four races of not scoring points or something like that, whereas Williams have scored a few points through Logan Sargent here and there. Um, and then the final top 10 for the F1 Fiji race was Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc picking up the 800th podium for Ferrari. Fourth, Lando Norris, fifth, Fernando Alonso. Sixth, Carlos Sainz. Seventh, George Russell. Eighth, Lewis Hamilton. Ninth, Lance Stroll. And finishing out the top 10, Pierre Gasly. So it was a good race, you know. I'm glad I didn't have to wake up that early for it. And now on to Katie with the F two F three roundup.
1: Good evening. Do you want me to do this one?
0: Oh
2: no, I got it. T- Tiana literally sent me what I had to say because I was like on the plane. Okay. Good evening. Much like in F1, the Formula 2 and the Formula 3 had plenty of track limits, plenty of um, laps deleted in qualifying, so after Paul went fastest in the session, unfortunately, his track time was deleted, which meant Gregoire Saucy got his very first pole position, which is always very exciting. Now, the sprint proved to be a redemption day for Paul Aaron, who uh, went from 8th to 1st, of course. Pepe Marty in his very comfortable position on a Saturday of reverse grid pole. It's his favourite place to be. He started off reverse grid pole. Um, lovely. Uh, <laughs> Paul Aaron was third by the first lap up from eighth, so that was the start. Of a very good race for him. Ollie Gray and Rafael Villagomez had a lap eleven incident which brought out the safety car, but Marty managed to get away well from Paul, who was now in second. But by late 18, Paul was in a good position to take over Pepe, who managed to fall all the way to fifth. At the end of our race, left Paul at the top step, Minnie and then Kyle Collette. Of course, it was Paul's very first win, which was very exciting. Let's go. Okay, the feature race on a Sunday.
1: It was Zach O'Sullivan's
2: first feature yeah. race win from sixth, which is amazing. Lots of maiden wins, great. Gregoire Saucy managed to hold um, them off at the beginning. A lap one incident. (laughs) There was a lap one incident between Minnie and Browning, which brought out our very first safety car. Dana Boganovich managed to be promoted to P1 by lap seven, as Gregoire Saucy just could not defend. But that was not the end of his bad luck, as he sustained a puncture at lap 11, ending his race pretty early. Paul Aaron managed to sustain front wing damage and um, then that left our podium being Zach O'Sullivan, Gabriel Bortoleto and then Kyle Collette for another podium, which is amazing. And we must mention everybody's favourite Australian F3 driver, Hugh Barter, got his very first points. Incredibly
1: exciting. That, can I speak too. on that F3 sprint race? or Not sprint, future. The F3 feature race was the only race that I watched from green to checkered, like, in one sitting location. Like, obviously, you watch the F1 sessions, but you miss a few laps here and there. The F3 race was entertaining. And I tell people when we do track tours, I'm like, if you're a bit bored of the monotony of of, of F1 this year, no matter how impressive it may be, watch F2 and F3. Because genuinely, at one point, someone was like, Asked me, like, oh, who do you think is going to win? I was like, I don't know. I think Dino's got it. And then I thought Paul had it. And then I was convinced it was going to be a pro one, two, three. But then I knew that one of them would probably, like, something would happen. And then Zach ended up winning. But for the whole time, it was just an entertaining race. Like, those boys know how to race. And I yeah. always tell people, I'm like, if you're bored, watch F2 and F3. If you genuinely want to be sucked into motorsport. And I think... Yeah. I mean, if you're watching F1 for the experience in a sense, then, yeah, like, I guess don't feel too keen to, like, tune into something. But if you genuinely love racing and you're missing out on that, like, battle, like, wheel-to-wheel stuff that you're not seeing in F1, watch the support series. Like, you will not be disappointed in Obviously, we've had so many different winners this year. It was Paul's first win. It was Zach's first feature win. He had his first sprint win in Barcelona. Um, F2 is all over the board even more so than F3. I don't know. I just think it's far more entertaining to watch than f Yeah.
2: And I think like, I there's like so many battles mm-hmm. right out the front and it's like so much better that it's reverse grid and all that kind of stuff. It's just, I do miss it's the amazing. And, and I feel, and they're always so much more excited when stuff happens. You know what I mean? Like the drivers get so much more passionate about it. Like, it's not just the same people doing like those post race interviews they're like oh my god yay it's it's lovely it's and I feel like it's easier for younger fans to relate to cuz they are I Agree age.
1: and um they get more excited about it I think also because it's an entertaining race so they're actually like battling for wins which is far more rewarding than um just mm-hmm. leading from green to checkered which I mean there's nothing wrong with that there's a lot of obviously talent that takes and consistency but everyone loves a good battle that's what racing is about it's not about leading every lap like the most impressive wins that people exactly. get the most excited over are P20 to P1. Back to the grid, front of the grid. Yeah,
2: 100%. Exactly. Yeah,
1: 100%. Like, And you see so back, much right? of that in F2 and F3. Obviously, maybe not at that drastic of a scale, but even from like Paul started eighth and then one. Zach started fifth.
2: Clem started 20th. Yeah, yeah that England was nuts. One stage.
1: That was a cool one.
2: Yeah. Anyway, um, rightio, let's get on to the Formula 2. As I said, it was a weekend for maiden wins as Jack Crawford took his very first F2 win, which is so exciting, but rain on the Saturday meant that about half of the grid started with wets, but, um... Leclerc was leading the race by turn five on taking advantage of the fact he also, he was one of the ones with the wets on a turn seven incident between with Jehan, um, bought out our first safety car and everybody pitted for slicks for the drying track. Um, Richard was for accidentally spun out from P2 and lap 4 bringing out our second safety car and our third safety car came out when Enzo Fittipaldi also spun out. I imagine there would have been a very big smile on Tiana's face as Clement Novelac managed to take his Trident car from P20 to the last step of the podium in P3. How exciting was that? Martins got second Married. and Jack of course won but unfortunately after the race Clem managed to <laughs> to be disqualified <laughs> of course it was an amazing day for the f2 on sunday as it was redemption day for richard for who of course dnf from the race on saturday hello jenna and um and was actually disqualified from last year's race at in austria um, it was not a good start for Martins from the front row. He lost out to his front row buddy, Frederick Vesti and teammate, Porsche Scheer. Arthur Kirk once again had a good start to his race, but it all came undone once he pitted for, At lap 25 and lost all wheel unfortunately which brought out the full safety car we had a virtual safety car after an incident with kushmine at the safety car restart but that was about all the action in the uh formula 2 feature um the shore one from 11th which again that's just such a testament to what f2 and f3 are like you can win from anywhere. Like if you have the right strategy, mm-hmm. the right car, the right mindset, you can do anything. Um, <laughs> that was really inspiring. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Yumi Iwasa managed to get <laughs> second, which is some good points for his championship campaign, but um, his challenger in came in third with Friedrich Vesti in a Primer. So that was about all for uh, everybody's favorite series, Formula 3 and Formula 2 in Austria do you know what to say imagine being them? ollie
1: bearman watching arthur leclerc's tire just fall off <laughs> when i saw um arthur's tire fall off i just imagined like being in bearman's position and seeing your old friends and teammates tire just pop off
2: yeah i mean that must be
1: scary, oh, scary? Like, is it not scary probably a bit funny
2: yeah, but you it will probably, in retrospect, be like, "Wow, that was hilarious." But at the moment, you're like, oh, yeah. "That car, that tire may come close to me. I do not have a roof on this car." Yeah. So, halo. 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 Okay. Okay, so, of course, you know Tommy was there? Do you have any stories from the paddock, any fun little tidbits you'd like to share with us from a any weekend that you've been to in the
1: past? We um, yeah, so I've been meaning to join the podcast for a few months now, actually, but um, it just hasn't really opened up. <laughs> it's, it's, One time I slept. Since that. Imola. <laughs> this is totally bad, yeah. It's been a minute. Um, stories from the paddock this weekend. This top I have. It's from White House Black Market. I have it in four different colors. TikTok? And um, I posted on Instagram with it. And um, I was I was wearing it in a TikTok that got a bit of views. And a girl came up to me, the same girl that gave Clem that backbone bracelet. She came up to me oh, yeah. on Thursday. She wasn't even wearing it. She was like, oh, is your name Jenna? And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And she was like, I got that shirt from White House Black Market because of you. I was like, that's "That's actually nuts, because you can't get White House Black Market overseas. So she shipped it overseas. I was like, they're the best tops in the world. So, yeah. Um, I don't know how relevant that is. It's so cool.
2: That is. Yeah. Gina's little influencer moment. I felt- hey we should talk about that jenna has a really big present on t- presence on tiktok you guys should all go follow jenna right now on tiktok oh. she makes the coolest like insider she's got like really cool videos on like her little journey how she does it and then just called cool tiktoks of her just like walking through the paddock because as someone who has jenna tommy on snapchat Sometimes she'll just randomly send me a Snapchat and there's like a driver walking past her and Jenna is so nonchalant about it. She's like, oh yeah, there's Lando Norris. And I'm like, Jenna, it's Lando Norris. go say hello? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's Lando. He's my buddy. Yeah. I
1: mean, I think, the, I think the only thing with that is that um, there's actually, this is something I'm trying to work on and whether or not we're going to put this in, just let me like get it out first. Um, is we're technically, not technically, we're really not supposed to use our, like, accreditation or our, like, pit passes for clout, in a sense. Like, you shouldn't be using them to your personal benefit. And so, with that being said, it's hard because when I do post TikToks in the F1 paddock, they get a lot of views. (laughs) And um, when I don't, it's just a bit tough. So, I'm trying to almost, like, find a way to channel. That's why I didn't really post anything in um, Austria, and I didn't post anything... Where did I go last? Montreal, Montreal. oh, I did post in Montreal. But uh, that's why I didn't really post anything from Austria because I'm trying to kind of find a way to channel my content into like actual motorsports content as opposed to just like me in the F1 paddock. And obviously at the end of the day, like everything we do is a bit draining. So it's kind of hard to like produce good content. But if anyone has any ideas, do let me know because uh, personal branding is far more important to me than just being like, hi, I'm in the F1 paddock because what we do is really cool. Yeah. But, it, um, there's definitely something to be said for, like, not using your- these things. For clout. Like- Oh, put that on. No, thank you. Oh. But, um- them. If you- It would make me mad because they, like- I don't know how to explain it. Like, the texture on the lanyard is, like, almost, like, Velcro. Like, oh. it's, like, rough, and so it rips your shirt up. Oh, Prote- that's so annoying. And it rips your pants up. So when I'm carrying around, I carry around 10 VIP passes during the day because what I do is I give them to people for about half an hour, give them a tour and then take them back and they rip up your clothes. Like I have a pair of Lulu pants that I work with all the time and they're like super pilled. So pro tip, if you're ever wearing nice clothes in that one paddock, keep your pass in your bag.
2: Well, good idea. Okay, good, good idea. work, Jenna. That's, that's a great tip from the inside. See, this is what you should do. You should do videos of you, like, I love watching Jenna get ready. That's, like, my
1: favorite
0: thing to do. Um, my
1: favorite one was when you do, do, get, with-
0: do the get ready and then, like, you forgot to film it.
1: Oh, yeah. I have so yes, Yuri, many Gina Tommy. In my drafts. I have so many get ready with me drafts. Get ready with me for a Friday in Montreal. And then I just, like, can't be asked to talk because it's usually so early. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I'm just like, okay, yeah, never mind. And then they just don't get finished because it's 5 a.m. Sometimes you just need to watch YouTube in the morning and not talk to people. You know what I should YouTube do? Already... I should do like a weekend debrief. You should. Yeah, you should and you, like YouTube just do account. what you're doing
2: now and tell us like weird, like little tidbits. And then you could like talk over like footage, you know?
1: Yeah, 100%. Like, oh, this is
2: me like, like, blah, 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 this is what happened, like, this is, this is, like, this is, like, the garage, re- like, the, you know, like, the garage reaction to this happening, you know what I mean? Like, this is, yeah. kind of like, the atmosphere and the paddock shifted when this happened. Oh, wow, that is
1: a good idea. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'd want to do, I just have to be really careful about, like, not using my accreditation to my own benefit, just because yeah. it's obviously, yeah. like, a privilege to be there, and I'm actually contracted with, so the company I genuinely work for is called expert hosts ltd it's based out of london mm-hmm. the company i work with is the f1 paddock club and f1 experiences so those are two separate entities the f1 paddock club is obviously what you think it is and then f1 experiences is the hospitality branch of f1 in a sense so the issue is the people at f1 experiences that genuinely work for if you've noticed like i changed my instagram bio at from like at f1 experiences to just at f1 Um, the people that genuinely work, like, uh, on salary for F1 Experiences don't do the stuff that I do. So it's almost, like, subcontracted. So Expert Hosts, uh, which is owned by Sam Power, goes and, um, finds people and picks them out and contracts them for, like, singular events. So that's why it's a bit difficult because then if I'm posting stuff in, like, F1 Experiences, um... F1 experiences, people can get a bit upset because they're like, oh, like she kind of gets this privilege that we don't. And it just has a bit of a different look to it. So, I mean, there's obviously a way to be careful. And um, I don't want people to come across my Instagram and social media and be like, oh, she's kind of just doing this for an underlying purpose that I'm not. So, yeah, I'm trying to build more of my personal brand. Um, obviously, like we see what Tony Cohen Brown does, Lissy, mm-hmm. GridClick, etc. etc But, um, yeah, I'm just being a bit cautious for now because... I'm trying to really hone in like how I want to not how I want to be perceived before I start like putting stuff out yeah. there.
2: Yeah. I feel like, you know how like Lissy does like her packing videos, like, you know how mm-hmm. in like, um, okay. Michaela does like her like thirsty Thursday. I feel like every creator needs like their like thing, right? They're like yeah. their thing. That's like theirs, like their little trademark. I don't yeah. know what you could do. Like you, you need
1: something like that. Um,
2: um. My first question is did you meet anyone famous? Like can you can you say who you like see?
1: Yeah. Um Sweet ass. Austria? <laughs> no. I don't think I The the problem is um there's obviously star-studded paddocks and um Montreal I feel like
2: Silverstone will be like that, right?
1: Silverstone will probably be like that. Um but Austria and Barcelona were just very Barcelona actually had a lot of like football players in it but I don't know who they are so I mean there's a few people you walk past in the paddock that you kind of just go they look famous they probably are famous and then it's just kind of one of those things because obviously like if we're in the states I'm gonna know the celebrities there um I knew a few of them in Spain um Montreal I knew a few just because it's um back over the pond but yeah I didn't really run into anyone famous in Austria I'm trying to think but it's always cool. What about to see Montreal? Montreal. Oh, I have a weird connection to the luxury chef industry. And um, I got turned into Gordon Ramsay and we chatted for a bit, which is really cool because my family friends that know. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's, a
2: cool that's a good story. You should tell that story one time. That's This is a good video about how you randomly know the people. I'm not, I won't ruin it, but you, you know, someone who's like, an amazing, like, shift and, like, very famous in the shift world. So
1: um, I think that's kind of cool. So racing is obviously, as we know, very financially driven. And I think that um, with that being said, you have a lot of kids whose parents are very, very well known in their specific category of the world. Yeah. So I think it just, like, raises a lot of people, like, in just these odd industries that know each other just because everything at the top is all kind of delicately interconnected. Um, there were some um, NHL players in Montreal. Um, Charlotte would have loved that. Jack Hughes, Charlotte. Trevor Zegers, Cole Caulfield, et cetera. Um, I recognize some of those names. Not-
2: I guess I guess this is another, maybe we can just brunch off this. Um, which sprint race, feature race, or just normal race, did you enjoy the most in Austria? I think you've kind of touched on that, right?
0: Sure, mm-hmm.
2: well, wow. yeah. 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 <laughs> I hate it. It's... Yeah, keep talking, it'll continue recording.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah, uh,
2: that's uh, tough.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, this poor girlfriend there.
0: Oh, his girlfriend was there.
2: I think I think it just reminds you how like how dangerous it is. Like this is like the first death that I've like experienced. And like I just I think you told me first, Jenna, and then Charlotte knew and she told us. And I was like I woke up and I like walked out and I was like I was talking to my dad we were generally Flying that morning and I said I was like we lost a driver last night and he's like What and I was like yeah one of the Drivers died in Fricka and he was like oh, Like why is this still happening right But I think it just reminds you how fragile It is and how easily Stuff can go wrong And yeah. as you said like I can't imagine How helpless like his Friends and his family feel that, he, like, yeah. that like That weren't there Yeah
0: hmm hmm
2: Yeah. Say like
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: No.
0: Yeah. It just baffles me continuously that we've lost now two drivers on that exact same corner with similar con- – like, si- like if you look at the crashes, the crashes are similar, like, if not exactly the same. It's, it's not – it's just – it baffles me that they haven't changed it. And I know Spa is a dangerous track, and I know all the drivers, like, they, they understand the risks of Spa when they race there, but I just don't think that it's suitable for – these these like F4 Freca and F3 and F2 drivers who like you know in F1 the car is way different to the junior categories and stuff but I just think the FIA surely by now they need to pull their socks up because they the fact that we have lost what like two drivers in five years yeah it shouldn't happen FIA.
2: FIA. yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's the thing. Like um, like if F1 wasn't going to race there, which if one has like more safe cars, better like experienced drivers and they wouldn't put them out in those conditions, why would you put like other people who have so much more life to like live so much more of their careers ahead of them? why would you put them out in those conditions? And I think it's such a, it was such a dark day for the sport as a whole. Um, And I think, yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. somber yeah
2: -hmm. like not quite knowing how to react and like how 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 to move forward in like an appropriate way but also like Yeah, let's
1: yeah. go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, no. It's the It's the conditions. Mm
2: -hmm. the safety measures are there in terms of the physical attributes of the car but not the environmental yeah
1: Mm
0: yeah
2: Yeah. Sending cuddles Cuddles, to everybody who feels affected by this. Right. In a more kind of happy note, obviously it's Silverstone this weekend. And as you said, it's everybody in their mum's home race. So many of the drivers are British or have like, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think it's so cool. Like um, Williams has got really cool new livery. Okay. So it's a lot of people's home race this weekend. Who are we hoping wins out of the? Is it three British drivers in F1? So George three. Lewis,
1: Lando, Lando, Alex, Lando, and Lando.
2: Lando, better to win. I'm so excited if he wins. It's going to be so cool if he does. Uh, McLaren's been on the up, so I'm hoping.
0: I love that silver McLaren livery so much.
2: And then should the should, should we try and name? Yeah, should we try and name all the British F2 and F3 drivers? yes okay here's here's a challenge
1: okay we're, we'll, we'll go around and have you have to, to yeah. say one this is gonna be tough because f2 and f3 are such like a rotating door that i like forget which drivers were last year and which drivers are this year oh we're going around
2: okay oh, I, we you might started. just have to like try okay let's i'll go i'll go this is like categories.
1: okay zach o'sullivan jenna you- oh we're doing both at one time yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um
2: i'm nervous i don't
1: know all of them all of them see i'm, confused. I'm confusing people that live in london with people that are british <laughs> logan Sargent. <laughs> yeah based damn near you think right oh i didn't i don't know how to spell formula too oh well ollie goth ollie bearman yeah is that how you say ollie goth goth
0: ollie, ollie gray? gray is it Goth? Ollie Gurtha. Both Ollie's. All three Ollie's.
1: All three Ollie's. All three. Everyone that's named Ollie. Ollie
0: isn't. I don't think he's British. I think he's like. Is he British? I don't know. Don't ask me.
1: Which one?
2: Ollie Gurtha. Oh, Ollie. Ollie Beerman and Ollie Gray are definitely British.
1: Oh, Ollie. Whatever his last name is, is not English. Luke Browning. Yeah, Luke Browning. Johnny Edgar.
0: I I can't think of any other.
1: Oliver Gray. (laughs)
0: can't think of any more christian movies. mansell he's australian what he's not christian british Mansell's not british yeah where'd you go there from because he races under a british, he races he under, under a, british a, british a british racing license, license. because taylor, taylor, taylor barnard. barnard oh taylor barnard sure
1: okay, oh, okay. Christ.
2: Okay. hey we are looking forward to seeing Jenna in the paddock this weekend. We hope you have a we great are. Silverstone weekend to everybody else. But to end the episode, I just wanted to ask you guys a question. We've come to the beautiful time this episode where I ask you the drive of your life question. We do a lot of drives in our, in our lives. But I want to ask you a question about a very important drive. Which driver, on the F1 grid, past or present, would you trust to drive you around a track
0: Blindfolded. We'll cross Ooh. to Tiana? Yes. Okay. I've thought about this long and hard. Blindfolded. Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> good
1: what answer. A good
0: answer? I feel like Sebastian just knows tracks. Like or Fernando. Like Fernando Alonso either is like someone who's been in Formula One for like a while who like knows the tracks. So like I know that they won't like kill me. Or like you know, you know what I mean? I think they seem like very trustworthy people.
2: Yeah, good. Gina?
1: I think Max, because he's led so many laps, that he has to have the memorized with his eyes closed.
2: I think hey. I'd have to go hey. Fernando. I feel like he'd just be like, oh, it's like, alright. I've got it from here. And then just like, he'd just be driving like full throttle, just like, just chilling.
1: I think Max would be yeah, fun I'd to do to it go with. Yeah, like,
2: with Max. Just Max, just like, hey. <laughs> Anyway, so I, this is what? a big thank you to Gina for joining us today. It's been great yes. to have you on. You, you are welcome are you back fine? anytime. And a big thank you, as always, to Tiana, who organizes everything, who when I had to be on a flight at 6 a.m. this morning was like, it's okay. I'll sort out the feature race debriefs because I'd only written up the sprint race debriefs. So we thank her so much for doing all of the hard mahi, doing all of the hard work and really making this happen. And, of course, it will be a mammoth episode, as
0: always, yeah. to edit because Jenna and I are on the mic. Um, going on but an hour and four minutes, an hour and four minutes of footage. But Don't know how much of that you is Thank you so much. Though.
1: Maybe if you out of pocket, okay. we could leave more. Hey, I'm
0: pretty sure like, it's all going to be okay. all of this is out of pocket.
1: to answer your question
0: thank you Jenna thank you Katie for joining us on this this very special episode of From the Field of the I hope Jenna you have an amazing time at Silverstone and you know, you, you. Um, Katie, I am glad that you came to Sydney to visit me. I hope you're not too jet lagged and I hope you can have a nice snooze after this and have a good nap. Um, We have very exciting episodes planned for next week, which we will be filming. So Katie and I are very excited. Um, Make sure you like, make sure you subscribe and we'll see you all later. Thank you. Bye.